I'm just a happy. Happy dog, just a happy, happy, happy dog. Why? Like, why are those the things that stick in your head? Because, you know, like everybody else does, sitting on a toilet, flipping through the old Instagram, you know, TikTok, and then these dumb songs will come in my head. Because, like, I've watched them, and now I gotta live with the fact that I wasted space inside my brain. For such a happy happy dog. I'm just a happy, happy, happy dog. But you know what? I'm just going to keep moving. Because, like, uh, maybe that's, like, fun. I don't know. You know, like, a guy... It made me laugh. So, I mean, if I can make myself laugh, it can't be too bad, right? Anyway, back to the show. Because this week, we're on time. Monday and welcome. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, uh, especially the guys that are reaching out on Monday. I know you people are expecting these on Monday, so it's out on Monday. You get to talk to Jesse. Jesse's an amazing guy. He's one of my buddies from Akron Island from long back, from way back ago, and uh, kind of wanted to talk to him about what he's been doing since then because he's raised about $50,000 for St. Jude's Children's Hospital by walking. Literally, that's it. Just by posting pictures on Instagram and taking these hikes across the country. Um, Some go east-west, some go north-south, you know. And uh, that's been his life. So I wanted to sit down, have a conversation with him, and uh, share that with the world. So I want to introduce you to my friend, and hopefully yours soon, Jesse Bader from Mackinac Island. Here we go. All right, yeah, now we're good to go. So, Jesse, it's good as hell to see you, man. It's been, uh, I think I haven't been up to the island since I was like 21, 22, and seen you up there, so maybe not that quite long. But uh, how you been, man? Uh, I would say life is life is almost perfect. Yeah, I'm so good. It, uh, last, last quite a few years have definitely made me better than I deserve. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It's, it's been amazing to sit here and uh, watch what you've been doing because my time on the Island was a little bit different than, or a lot different than yours. My time on the Island um, up on Mackinac Island for the, the listeners to this Island in Michigan to where uh, there's no cars. So everything you have to do is either by horseback or bicycle. And how many bars are on the Island? There's a lot. There's like, um, well, establishments you can drink at, uh, pool yeah. sides, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a roughly around 31. Um, okay. I would say that the primary bars downtown or restaurants, um, yeah. I would say there's somewhere between 12 and 18. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so for everybody listening, the island itself, I think, is eight miles around, something like that. It's not very big. And where everybody goes to, uh, 
kind of visit and everything is a very small area. So having that many drinking establishments gave me plenty of opportunity to get in trouble and uh, <laughs> to do some crazy shit and see a lot of crazy things. Um, so, yeah, when I was up there, I was drinking a lot. Um, I'm now four and a half years sober and it's been I've wanted to get back up there um, to see it from a different light just because it's a beautiful place. And so you came from the island as a bartender. So you were actually my drug dealer at one point. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I've seen you all over um, Instagram and Facebook about you're pretty much you are doing some of the most humane things I think I've seen. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to kind of shut up for a little bit and lead you with a couple questions and see where this goes. But okay. you've essentially in the off seasons of the island, if I have this correct, you start hiking only to uh to gain money for saint jude's children's hospital is that correct yeah 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 the goal my mission was to uh to start doing through hikes to to raise money for saint jude's hospital yeah. itself mm-hmm. and you're not yep. doing like day-long hikes or anything like that like you're you're crossing the country um, yeah what's the longest trail that you've had so far uh pacific crest trail uh 2000 469 miles. Jeez. How yeah. long did it take you? Five and a half months-ish. Okay. Yeah, I had to do it so in two had, parts. Yeah, there's... my. I had a buddy um, a few years back who was talking about doing a, a triple crown. Does that ring a bell for you? What exactly Absolutely. is that? I, I don't remember. And so just for myself, what exactly is that? Uh, three of the major... Three of the major through hikes across America. Uh two go from Mexico to Canada. The other one goes from Georgia to Maine. Um, it's called getting your trip. It's, it's your triple crown. I would like to get that before, uh, definitely before I leave this earth. Um, it is the Appalachian trail, the continental divide trail and the Pacific crest trail, uh, acquiring all three, uh, scores your triple crown, but it's, uh, PCT is 2,663 miles at its longest. Uh, AT is, I want to say, just over 2,000. And the CDT is, uh, I, I think, just uh, I think just, just under 3,000. So it's a yeah. long, long track. Yeah, that's mm. longer than I want to do. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not something that I want to do at my life point right now. Um, I think it's amazing the people that do want to do that. What sparked this? Because from my knowing you, you were like the uh, the loud, eccentric bartender, you know, and mm. you are by far the most popular bartender on the island. There was uh, stickers when I was there. I don't know if they're still around, but the Bader Bomb stickers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now those, uh, those aren't those aren't around. I mean, I guess some few people still have them on their bikes, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I would have to say, it was. It was just living life. Uh, I, I wanted more out of what my existence was or is. Um, I wanted to just, I wanted to do more for the world. I, I was looking for an outlet to uh, put forth effort uh, to make something better from from my perspective on, on what I could do, what I could create, who I can become as a person, but not just that, to, to help others. And Throughout my whole entire life, I've I've tried to look for ways to uh, to help uh, the community and charities uh, that I'm into, and 
it was um, short history. Um, I read a book by Bill Bryce in A Walk in the Woods in 2003, uh, my first winter staying on Mackin Island. And uh, it, it was always in the back of my mind, um, his adventure, what he went through. Um, we had the sights, the history, uh, just everyday camping in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the long treks, the, the, the woes, the, the gladliness, the towns, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so it, it's still yeah. in my head to, to possibly one day do a through hike. And it was in 2000, I want to say it was in 2000. 14 or 15 i think it was 15 yeah i'm gonna go with 2015 i was on uh one of my 18 hour shifts uh open the bar close the bar inventory after um fights yeah. ensued it was the same old same bar life type stuff uh, puke in the bathroom and uh they didn't make my sandwich right and uh, uh, people calling in to work uh not showing up and so in this 18 hour shift uh, back then I still smoked cigs and I kept going outside to go smoke cigarettes to relieve some stress. And, uh, mm. I had picked up a video on Facebook where it had showed, um, uh, one second a day of someone hiking the Pacific Crest trail. And so it just showed trail. And so one second it would show a piece of the trail, another second, another piece of trail, another piece of trail. And it looked like it was just, they were walking in a continuous line, but the, this, the scenes kept changing. Yeah. And so, uh, every cigarette break that I had that night, I kept going out to watching this video and the video was two hours and some long. And so every time I'd watch a little bit more, I'd watch a little bit more, watch a little bit more. And so by about 1230 that night, I just decided that night on that shift on that 18 hour day at work that I was just gonna, I was gonna hike, uh, the Pacific Crest Trail. And then at about two or four in the morning when I was eating my, finally eating my dinner um, on my coffee table at my house. I, uh, I decided I was going to do it for St. Jude's Children's Hospital after going through you know, just different ideas on, on who I can help and what I could do and who yeah. I can help by doing a through hike. And so, yeah, it, it just, the pieces kind of fell uh, in line. Uh, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, her sister, uh, she did an annual St. Jude uh, saddle up for St. Jude's horse ride in the Upper Peninsula. And so I was already attached to uh, that charity uh, and helping out years before that um, in so many ways, just uh, raising money for her annual horse ride. So right. it was easy for me to say, you know what, this is the best charity that I know. Uh, this will help the people that I think could spark the future of, of humanity as a whole, of, of people. Uh, and so I just, on that one day on that 18 hour shift, I just, I pulled the trigger and decided that this is what I was going to do. And, uh, yeah, 2017, I, I did my first through hike and just like that, just that one night, that decision I made while I was working, I, honestly, that was that. Yeah, all no, that's, things happened. that's crazy. It, mm -hmm. I like how you, you took something from a, chaotic environment and slowed it down pretty much and then just yeah because i know i would when i would bartend up on the island i've been through those shifts that 
they seem like they're never going to end. Nothing goes right. It's everybody that's worked in the service industry has had those days, you know, where you're mm-hmm. in the weeds or, you know, yeah. those type of things. And for you to be actually be able to like slow it down and come out with something is kind of impressionable as this is really amazing because I've, I didn't have that when I was up there. I wish I would have had the, uh, the clarity of mind to appreciate my surroundings because uh, it's a beautiful place. I feel like if I had that, maybe I'd be in a little bit better place now. Um, so, yeah, let's just kind of dive into a little bit more about um, this charity that you're doing. So what's that first hike like? Because you, it's one thing to say you're going to do something. It's another thing to actually put your boots on the ground and start walking. Yeah. So <laughs> how do you... <laughs> <laughs> so how do you uh how do you get to even start that trip i mean like what do you do you park your car and you're like all right here we go i'll see you in a few months you know or kind of how's that go well it started way earlier than that uh in the decision that what i made to do the first hike uh it was it was yeah it was 2015 and when i made this decision i want to say that it was I think it was maybe August. Uh, so it was still peak season. Um, at that point, research started. Uh, just massive hours of research. Uh, how to accomplish this? Um, what gear will I need? Uh, what gear is used from or for uh, what? What gear does do through hikers use? Uh, what's my lightweight option? Explain uh, through hiking really quick, just in case, because I'm not exactly sure what that is. So I know other people aren't going to as well. Uh, mileage varies, but I would probably say any. So a through hike, um, there's many hikes across America. And I want to say that there's off the top of my head, I want to say there's 14 big trails here in America. And the one I do want to say through hike, it's, um, it's the established trails, anything that's over a few hundred miles, uh, AT, the CDT, the PCT, the FT, the AZT. These are all abbreviations, of course. Um, North Country Trail up here in Michigan, New York, um, uh, Minnesota. Uh, so there's so many, uh, but these are established trails. And to say you're, to, you're going on a through hike is to take one of these trails that have been established in, uh, and say okay. you are going to through hike it from the start to the finish, uh, whether that be east to north, north to east, or uh, north to south, south to north, um, east right. to west, west. To, it really doesn't matter what direction you are going, just as long as you through hike that entire trail length in one given hiking season with no okay. interruptions. So um, you know, some people do a through hike in sections, of course, too, and I'm not trying to discredit them. Um, but yeah, a through hike is to entirely take a trail here in America or the world and, and you do it to the fullest do the full length right. of that trail. Yeah. How, uh, how much preparation goes into that? Well, you, started, so you started uh, kind of researching in August of 2015. 2015. I started the trail April 15th, 2017. Okay. So this, uh, it was something that I just, I had never, ever actually researched before. I had hiked before. I camped before. I've never actually, uh, as, as I've been saying, the through hiked. It's mm-hmm. talking five and a half months of having everything you need on your back and uh, and relying on no one else but yourself. 
And so I definitely needed the gear that was going to last me, of course, but lightweight enough to carry. Um, I needed to know what my dietary uh, needs would be uh, in terms of calorie intake per day, how many miles I was going to go per day, or I could hope to average how long that would take me, when I should leave, how would I be, or when I would be ending. Um, so, so many questions I had for myself to even start before I even, uh, as, as you said, put the boots to the ground. And so it wasn't just that, but uh, physicality wise, I had to train um, 50 pound pack almost every single day, um, probably from November until I left in April uh, 2016 slash 2017. I would put a 50 pound pack a day and then hit a Stairmaster for usually, I don't know, half hour to an hour a day. Uh, if the Stairmaster yeah. wasn't available to me, then I would go at least one to three miles a day with 50 pound pack on, uh, it's just, to um, slowly build and acquire the muscles I needed in my back to carry this thing or my backpack. Um, and I've always suffered from, uh, uh, scoliosis throughout my life. And so for me to build those muscles around my back to make sure that I was able to, uh, fulfill a through hike, uh, with carrying all this weight on my back. So, yeah, it wasn't just mental, it was physical, um, a lot of data, uh, where to, where to send the packages, where my resupply packages would go. You know, you're five and a half months. Uh, there's just grocery stores just aren't available right off the trail. Um, uh, the PCT, I want to say that there was only one or two towns that I actually walked through, uh, and everything else had to be either hitchhiked or, uh, um, I would send my packages to say gas stations in the middle of nowhere. And so I'd have to do the research and find out where these places are if I could send packages. Uh, and so it wasn't just, I'm going to do a through hike, jump on the trail. It was a year, you know, almost a year and a half, two years of just straight planning and preparation. Uh, I smoked at the time when I decided to do this, uh, I was smoking two packs a day. For 23 years straight, I was almost two packs a day. I smoked, uh, and, and so when I made that decision to do a through hike, I uh, I also made the decision to quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you kind of have to. You're walking yeah, across yeah. the country, smoking two pack cigarettes a day. You're gonna have 50 <laughs> pounds of cigarettes in your backpack. There's well, I've seen people out there doing it. Uh, it's possible, but I just I did not want to be one of those people. Yeah, and plus the impact it has on nature. I do not want to pocket every single one of my cigarette butts uh, on a through hike. That's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So five minutes after making the decision to uh, do a through hike, I also quit smoking. So that was a, a feat upon itself. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out exactly kind of how to frame this because I feel like I could go in one direction. I want to know everything that you put into your pack, all of that stuff. Um, especially the dietary stuff, being a dietitian, it all that stuff interests me. But for the show's purpose, mm. um, I want to take this a little bit deeper and kind of see if we can't put some, uh, put some steel into some emotions here. Cause I'm kind of curious as to how you can prepare mentally for this, because you're out there for five and a half, six months by yourself. And for me, I'm my own worst enemy. I will get, in front of every good decision that I need to make and fuck it up. 
<laughs> I will. <laughs> it's just my nature, you know. So yeah. like being left alone to my own thoughts is like being left alone to like my worst enemy. Um, it's something that I definitely need to tackle. And through meditation, I'm getting better at it. But when I went to rehab, they were talking about a, it's like a walking meditation. Um, and it seems like you did about five months of that. And then at the beginning of this, you know, talking to you, it was like, hey, how you doing? You don't get, uh, I've never heard the, you know, life is almost perfect, you know, and you genuinely mean it. You know, like everything that oh, I, I see online from you is extremely positive and uplifting. It's helped me in my personal life. Just, you know, when I feel like nobody around me has anything positive going and I need some sort of inspiration, you've you've fallen into those cracks a couple of times. <laughs> Thanks. That's so, well, so, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing something good. Then. Yeah. Yeah. No, you 100 percent. You are. Right. Um. But so you're training for like a year, year and a half to get through this. Yeah. Did you ever at any point think that you had to train your mind to be able to do this as well? Um, yeah. You know, I didn't give it a lot of thought uh, while I was training physically. And then all the data right. uh, and stored stuff. I really didn't think about what it would be like for me and uh, uh, stretching um, my mental, mental capability in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, I just didn't, I really didn't consider that when I was preparing for it. Um, I I guess what really helped me out or what uh, a lot of maybe other through hikers uh, haven't had the ability to do in their life is that I've been a seasonal worker, uh, a professional um, restaurant industry mercenary for so long that I move constantly. So every right. six months I live somewhere else. And so to reestablish yourself in a town, a community, a resort area, every single time you move, uh, it's, it's kind of a difficult feat in itself. Um, a lot of times mm -hmm. there are um, time by yourself. Uh, okay, I have to acquire a few friends. Uh, where do I get these people from? How do I meet these people? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, in traveling to season to season, of course, too, there's just a lot of downtime. There's quite a few days. Let's say I drive from Michigan to California. Uh, there's four or five days by myself on the road. Um, and then when I get there, how long will I be alone in my new apartment for until I meet some friends or actually go to work? So that could be another week or two. So, I mean, just that in itself, that's alone time for sometimes two to three weeks, um, sometimes every given season. So mm -hmm. there was always, there was already this, uh, me being by myself situation in my life and also being in foreign places and, uh, different, just different areas that I had no clue on who, what, where, how, how do I get here? Where's, you know, let's Google maps to where I need to be and this sort of stuff. So every, every six months was something new and fresh for me to, uh, to pick up and to go. And so I think I had, this opposed to most other people that do through hikes where maybe they live in one town, maybe they had the same job for two years, five years, 10 years, right. they have their same friends and family. And so uh, for me, it was kind of actually kind of easy for me to detach and say, okay, well, this is what I'm doing now. And this is something new and fresh for me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I didn't really consider it when I, when I finally got out on the trail, I think the saving grace for me mentally too uh, was that, um, the first 700 miles of desert on the Pacific Crest Trail, 
there are quite a few people that try to do through hikes every year. And so on the day that I left on April 15th, I want to say off the top of my head, there was 21 other people that started that day. Okay. And so on average, I think that year was 15 people leaving per day. And so every even so the day before that, at least 15 people started on the day after I started, 15 people started and vice, you know, on and on and so forth. So there was quite a few people on the trail in the beginning of the Pacific Crest Trail. So every day I seen people on the trail and a lot of them were trying to do exactly what I was doing, walk across America. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of uh, friendships established straight off the get go. Who's hiking, who's where, how, how trail names set, this sort of thing. And so for the first gosh, from April 15th until the end of June, there was quite a few people around on the trail. And I wouldn't say that I seen people uh, every day or I camped with people every day, but a majority of the times mm-hmm. these established campsites along the way, I would, I would see somebody They would have, there would be somebody already there with a campfire started, or maybe I would see someone on the trail and have lunch with them. So it wasn't quite a super lonely uh, start. Um, when I reached the Sierras, I had to bounce over the Sierras as the highest snowpack. The Sierras had seen 30 years, something crazy. There's 20 feet of snow out there. So I had to jump the Sierras and go up to Truckee. And at that time, I had a really great friend of mine, still is. Uh, he hiked 130 miles with me from uh, Truckee up north. And so then I had a buddy uh, to do some of the worst sections on the PCT with me for 130 miles. And then after that, I broke off him, and then I started hiking alone. And so it wasn't until pretty much that up northern California that I really I found absolute loneliness on the trail. Mm-hmm. And and so it wasn't really oh man I'm out here all alone. Uh, there was people. There was people all over. It's just it would be sporadic, and I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily see them every day. Yeah, there would just right. be somebody there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, but. I mean, there's obviously times to where you've had to go through some ups and downs within your own head. Um, you said that you had a girlfriend at the time. Were you single or were you in a relationship when you took off for this? For the first I was, trip? I was definitely, I was in a relationship for sure. Yeah, it was. A, How does that, that go? <laughs> it was, it was, I think it was definitely strenuous on, on, uh, on her side for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was for me too, uh, but I have. I have this thing in my life where when I decide to do something, I will do it or I will die. I will do it until it's done or I don't exist, basically. And so for me, it was a necessity for me to be there. It was a necessity for me to finish. And it, was, it wasn't something that I could just shut off. Um, and so for me, it's, yeah, it did suck. It was pretty lonely at times to not have that person uh, with me or be able to contact them on the phone or, or call them or text them. A lot of times throughout the trails, <clears throat> the lack of service uh, on a cell phone is it's uh, it, it, it has a tendency to be bothersome uh, through the state of Washington. Um, there was three weeks, a full three weeks where I didn't contact the outside world. There was just no service at all for three salaries. It actually, it sounds like 
prison sentence to some people, but for me, it feels like that'd be a vacation of just nobody being able to contact me. It was you, there was there was some beauty to that for sure. Yeah, is that something that you miss? Oh, detachment from the world itself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think about it a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just certain sections of the trails that I've done. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, and I finally got out into the Sierras. Uh, I had to go back and uh, refinish the Sierras in 2018. Uh, but there was nine solid days, nine full days where I didn't see a dirt road, a power line, um, a road. It was nothing but just trail for nine days straight. Uh, it was absolutely beautiful and lovely. And for that alone, just to be able to detach and not have to see, um, you, you know, our footprint, you know, the, right. the urbanization of everything. It's uh, not to see a, a Circle K or a Piggly Wiggly or a Walmart right. or a, you know, not to pick on the corporate box stores, but just to not have to see things like that, have everything in your pack that you need and just to keep moving forward. It is quite it's a quite lovely thing to be able to detach to everything and then yeah. not have to answer emails. Don't have to, you don't have to answer your phone call. <laughs> you know, you, you put it on airplane yeah. mode and you go and you, uh, when you decide to turn on your, when you decide to turn on your phone, that's when you try to reach the outside world. But until then you are absolutely unreachable. Yeah. There's something scary and beautiful about that at the same point. Um, I've I've noticed in my life every time I've been able to slow down even if it's just for maybe like five minutes of a day to just kind of like actually like try to meditate and and slow my life down it feels like the rest of the day goes well uh, it's almost like setting myself up for positivity and with you having your entire life encompassed in helping people and constantly moving forward you're you're just doing everything physically that you need to do and mentally that you need to do for a positive life. So it's amazing to see that you've carried that with you. Um, and that you, that's pretty much who you are is a good person for some people Thanks. like me. We have to try, <laughs> I have to try to be a good person. Um, it's, it's something that I'm working on and it takes people like you to kind of show me the way of, of kind of how to do it. Um, just because I've been a naturally negative person in my life, um, just from like a lot of trauma that I've had growing up and things. And so now being older, I realize that I can't use it as an excuse anymore. And then it's it's kind of up to me to fix myself and to, to move forward, I guess. Um, did you have any of those kind of like revelational type moments while you're on the trail that you've kind of carried with you or any major you know, like major turning points or anything that you've had to go through while being alone? Uh, oh, I would say there was a lot of self-discovery on the trail itself. Um, right. I mean, quite a bit. You don't spend that much time alone and then not take anything out of it. Um, I, I like to think that I pretty much fought all my demons before I even started through hiking, um, which... I really didn't really know until I got out there alone. And so the, the idea in itself to forgive yourself or to, um, 
use a lot of the negative impacts in our lives as we see them as negative um, trauma that's happened uh, either in childhood or early adulthood, uh, things that happen, things that we've done, things that other people have done to us. You know, it's really uh, it's it's truly important for a lot of people to to either um, forgive those that done us wrong or to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done wrong. Also, um, those that are spiritual, of course, they find help. Uh, in their spirituality, their, their God, their gods, their sort of stuff. Uh, other people that um, aren't spiritual, they have to find that in themselves to really create uh, moral and ethical value and then to establish how and dial in how they are and who are they are as a person and to how somehow forgive themselves and forgive others also um, for those things. And so on and on and on. It's just, uh, I feel very thankful that uh, mentally that I had already kind of fought a lot of my um, my past and the things that um, just happened that I felt to be wrong or that I done wrong uh, before yeah. I hit the trail. And so for me, when I hit the trail, I was thankful to um, be able to, uh, I guess, look into myself and find things that I wanted to fine tune opposed to fix. And after doing uh quite a few of these trails uh patience patience is the, the hugest thing that i had to work on um or that i had to fine-tune in myself um it wouldn't that i'd have anger issues or i would blow up on people it's just patience as a whole i think everyone needs help with that and the, the trail really allowed me to be in the present moment every single second of every single day uh, and to realize what's truly important in life personally um, and the things that don't matter truly don't matter. Uh, the things that things will happen regardless of if we want them to or not. And so those things that we can't manage ourselves are going to happen. And there's nothing that we can do about that. And a lot of people I feel um, stress or create anxiety in their lives in the thought of these things happening or what if this happens what if that happens and they will or they truly could happen but to live a life to you know they will or could happen but not to stress about them the, the trail really helped me to establish that in myself and to fine-tune that too to really care on what I want to care about. And then those things that I have no control over to let it go, just to stop thinking about those things. You know, there's a million examples of those in a, a zillion people's lives, but the trail itself really, really, really helped me establish patience in my life, not just with myself, but for others around me too. And my reaction to other people's actions too. Uh, trail really, truly helps that to, uh, so just, again, to be in the present moment always, every single second, every single day, uh, people don't, they're not able to do that. There's so many distractions in life from Facebook to work to traffic jams to my coffee's taking too long at Starbucks to, and the list goes on and on. And so, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was really, that was the self-discovery, if you will, was more of a fine tuning for my personal life. Uh, and it was cool. and It was great. I still, to this day, and doing on these through hikes, I, uh. I'm like, okay, now let's fine tune this. And why am I thinking about this? Or why do I feel this way about this certain thing? And then really dive in and then um, really create 
the person who I want to be every time I'm out there. And when I come back from those trails, then I use that in my life. Seems to be working well for me. <laughs> yeah. Happiness. I, I Happiness so. is another one. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would say it's so. Big... All right. I'm... All right. Sorry about that, guys. I uh, like going through some technical difficulties as we've talked about in the past. So anyway, um, it sounds like you got free therapy pretty much um, for what you, you just kind of like expressed back to me are lessons that I've had to learn through thousands of dollars in therapy of trying to uh, stretch a mental muscle. Cause I had no idea that that was something that even needed to be done. Um, you know, I figured it was just like a, just a grind through everything type process and never really you know, took time to take care of myself. Um, so how do you get all of that? Cause I mean, that's basically what you're doing is, you know, you're being therapeutic to yourself. You're being nice to yourself and, and you're also doing it all through extreme hard work. How do you take those lessons um, and answers from questions you didn't know you needed and bring that into kind of just normal society again? Cause you go from walking in the woods alone to back to four to six months of insane bartending and craziness and with what you do you uh you're not just out on and mission point you know like pouring drinks at noon you are the bartender of the island so everybody that works there wants to come to you uh you tend to draw a crowd wherever you go and it's a big party scene that kind of from my yeah. memory, that's kind of where where you reside Still is. is in the middle of the chaos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the yeah, eye of the you storm. You are the center. Yeah, exactly. You are the eye mm-hmm. of the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's two different worlds. How do you combine uh, those? Uh, well, mm, outside of just bartending, um, I am now the bar manager at the Pink Pony. Okay. So it's not. Yeah, it's not just, you know, we, yeah, it's, uh, it's 60 to 90 hours a week on the grind yeah. for sure. Um, 100%. I'm still five to seven days bartending on top of uh, inventory ordering, uh, just uh, being, uh, trying to be at every single of the three bars to make sure that they have everything they need, that things are established, uh, protocols, this sort of stuff. You know, inventory and ordering every single week. It's not that um, I'm one of two bar managers. But the place is, is, is ferociously huge. Um, but, you know, to see it, it's to to put in orders that are twenty five to thirty thousand dollars every single week just for product mm-hmm. for the bars is insane. So, I mean, it's just the definitely a lot of the lessons on the trail that I've learned to, to bring back to my life in the workplace. I guess I'll start there is that uh, uh, compartmentalize, not just mentally but physically uh to to put everything in a hiking backpack that you'll need for five and a half months and day in and day out pack that backpack as efficiently as possible to save you as much room as possible to fit things that you'll absolutely impossibly need like food like water and so for me those lessons definitely come through in terms of my workplace uh to uh, picture, picture the liquor room or the walk-in, uh, cooler at the pink pony 
-hmm. and imagine that you need a size that's three times bigger than what it is. So how to fit in all the pieces and where to put things that you know that will be out of the way to be safe for people to walk through. And then uh, two, of course, to be able to uh, physically grab those products as fast as possible and being able to grab those uh, and have them accessible to everyone that's going to need to to grab. And so to, to, put, to compartmentalize uh, physically, uh, the trails helped me extremely in being able to Tetris, I guess, uh, a chaotic area of just a massive amount of products and to fit those in an mm -hmm. area and places where people can, can grab them easily. Uh, for one, that's, that's huge. And not necessarily just for the liquor rooms and, and, and walk-in coolers, but for the bars themselves uh, to make things more efficient, to uh, be able to uh, make room, uh, make more room that there is no room at. Right. Uh, backpacking has definitely helped me. Uh, and this, of course, too, is uh, when I camp every single night, I have a teeny, teeny, tiny one-person tent. It looks like kind of like a coffin. It's just a little bit bigger than if those that hike know of a bivy. It's just a little bit bigger than a bivy. So you can hardly sit up uh, in my tent uh, and to try to bring everything that I own into the tent or in my teeny tiny little um, foyer I have in my tent. It's, it's, it's extremely hard to keep everything out of the rain and to, and to basically surround myself with all the things that I have uh, while I'm on the trail inside this teeny, teeny, tiny area, which basically just allows enough room to sleep in. And so, again, bring that to normal reality. Uh, and in the workplace, it really helps out to organize things, to compartmentalize all those things that need to be. Uh, and, of course, leaking this into my day-to-day -day life also. Um, I've always – I always have been, and I probably will until the day that I die. And there's a word for it now. It's called being a minimalist. But I just didn't really have – a lot of things in the first place before minimalism was a established statement or mm -hmm. um, so for me to minimize the things that I have in life that I don't absolutely necessarily need. You know, most people are like, Oh, this is my favorite couch. Oh, I can never get rid of my favorite bowl. Oh, this is uh, you know, this is where I live. Uh, this is my favorite painting on the man manual. And for me, uh, the trail definitely has helped my already established minimized lifestyle into not having a bunch of clutter. I just don't have clutter in my life. It's pretty mm. much uh, I streamline my life in the easiest way possible and I eliminate the things that I don't necessarily need ever. Is there wants in life? Of course, everyone does. Do I want to do I want a Ferrari? Of course I do. Is my 99 Ford Ranger good enough for me to get where i need to go and to uh, and carry my things to where it has to be absolutely and so this sacrifices for sure and there's uh, my lifestyle uh in my personal life is definitely reflected on backpacking just to minimize a lot of the things that i don't need uh yeah. it seems and like a pretty common theme for guys like you it's just like whatever fits in a backpack that's all you really care about and Everything else is just very – like I've met a few guys um, that are very into backpacking, outdoors, hiking, things like this, and I wish I had what you guys have. You have like this this calm clarity to you that uh, 
you're able to just kind of slow things down. You know, I, I wish I had that. It's something that even just talking to you, it seems like you're very simple. Like now you said minimalist, you know, um, whereas I have all kinds of shit and I feel like I need stuff to constantly like fill this void in my life. So most people I, feel I, like they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had yeah. that kind of going into my life, but it's something that I can take from this conversation and move forward and try to yeah. grow myself. So right now you are kind of at the end of the season. Are you up on the Island right now? I am. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So you got maybe like another month left some September. Yeah. So end of October. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah a month and a, month a week. And a half left. Yeah. Uh, it's last day of operation for us will be October 22nd. Uh, okay. last, day of service, guys, that last day of service. Do you guys still do a big Halloween party at the end? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Those were it, always the best. <laughs> uh, yeah. We've got a, we've got a, a Viking. I think I lost you. Where'd you go? Jesse. Jesse's gone. Oh, no. Where'd you go? I'm going to give this a second. Hopefully he can come back because this guy, I want, there you are. There we go. You're back. Hey, we're back. Okay. Back, baby. Okay. We're back. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, yeah. yeah so anyway. Halloween party, uh, October 22nd, last day of service. Yeah. And then, what do you have coming up um, for, for this coming um, off season, hiking season? You know, I, I guess, are you taking off somewhere? Uh, yeah. I'm actually uh, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to spend the winter in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, I'm going to do some small hikes, but nothing uh, too huge. Um, probably 30, 30 miles on the AT. Um, every shoulder season, I try to get my dad out. We both try to get out on the AT and try and blast out about 30 miles uh, and then slowly but surely get him through as much as we can on the AT. Uh, 73. So for him, the, the mileage isn't necessarily huge there, but we have time together and uh, as all the things that we've already talked about, we get to have those together on the trail, you know, yeah. the clarity of being in the moment, uh, at, you know, every second of every day that we're out there, you know, building the campfire, bring a bottle of whatever to share and sip with, or, you know, just having that time with them. So, uh, probably 30, 30 miles on the AT, maybe more personally myself, but, uh, um, I'm actually, I'm going to hunker down and write a book, uh, about all the through hikes that I've done, the Florida trail, Arizona trail and the uh, Pacific crest trail. And so the mission this winter is to write a book, put it all into words so people could, uh, you know, I, I feel like socially I'm inept. I'm, I'm here. I can definitely reflect and I can appreciate a lot of people. Um, I, I feel like I can put myself in a lot of situations, but um, I'm not an elegant, ele- I'm not an elegant speaker. Um, and for me, I'm hoping that uh, putting it in words um, on paper, I'll be able to, um, easily create the story that I want people to, uh, to read uh, about the hike itself, about the hikes. Yeah. And so, so, and then um, I'm hoping uh, if, and when I find publishers or a publisher uh, to do my book that I, we can kick back a percentage of that book to St. Jude's also. And then, so by That's me awesome. writing a book, 
uh, more people will uh, will be able to know my story instead of uh, instead of raising twenty five thousand dollars every time I do a through hike. Maybe we can raise fifty or a hundred thousand every time I do. And then so I think just more exposure to what I do and to get my story out, more people will know. And yeah, I was, I was uh, actually going to ask you will, about that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was I was actually going to ask you about that and kind of see if we couldn't talk more about that on this next part and then i can let you go um have you thought about taking on sponsors for for some of your longer hikes and stuff because i know like red bull or even like other like smaller companies you know um like food companies and stuff like that i've watched plenty of documentaries where you know a, a kayaker is trying Break to get a little bit to... there I think Hold we're good. Yep. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have you thought about taking on sponsors for any like of these long hikes or anything? So I told myself when I did the PCT that uh, I was going to self fund every single. And we lost them again. Gotta love Zoom. You really do. Gotta love Zoom. You still with me? Yep. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't want to. Um, I wanted to fund the entire thing myself, from my shoes to my backpack to everything. Um, so that when the Pacific Crest Trail was done, then I had definitely decided that I all these through hikes that I was I was going to do, um, I was going to be self sufficient. No sponsors whatsoever. Um, I've thought about many times about, you know, reaching out to Marmot or, or you know, the, the countless um, outdoor brands uh, oh, for really? trekking poles to shoes to, um, but, and then I keep asking myself, why, why do I need help? Why should I sponsor? Why should I get a sponsor? Um, and I think uh, to answer the question in further hikes after the book, um, I would like to reach out to these companies, um, not necessarily for them to sponsor my gear, but I just want exposure. Um, if they can just share yeah. my story and I, obviously I use their products and I'm not, I don't want anything for free. I just want them to maybe use their platform to, um, to be able to share my story. And so for that, uh, I guess in sponsorship, uh, I would definitely probably look into that for sure later in the future. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, once this episode airs, if I can piece it together. Oddly, I've gotten like a decent following through this thing. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, somebody out there can uh can get a hold of you and, and help support the cause as well. How much money have you brought together for St. Jude? Like, have you gotten like a an encompassing total for everything? Uh yeah. Yeah. So uh the mileage is just the f- the mileage is just under 4,500 miles now so far. And the, uh, the amount that we've raised is uh, right around $55,000. That's amazing, dude. That's fucking awesome. Real. <laughs> I, know. How, I know. How can people, how, do, how are you making money through hiking? So if I took off, you know, to just go for a hike, I don't know how you would go about even raising money, you know, let alone to give it to a specific charity. Well, uh, I don't make any money off it at all. Um, I don't right. take a single penny. 
So everything that I've, I've self-sufficiently um, did all the trail on the trails itself. I, I put forth the money for myself, my, uh, mm-hmm. but what I do ask for everyone is just donations to St. Jude. Um, and so what I've done, um, I've created event pages directly with St. Jude. And so, um, all I have to do is whore myself out on social media basically. And then I just put it on, put that, uh, put that site on blast. And so that event page goes directly to a page where you can read about my story and then the, the total of how much is being raised at that time or has been being raised. And then, so that takes away all the leg room, the leg work that I'd have to do about credit cards, uh, you know, cash donations, this sort of stuff. Right. So all goes to the site. I don't have to do any of the legwork there. It goes directly to St. Jude's and there's no question about where the money's going because it is directly to St. Jude. Yeah. Which is so awesome. cool. Um, on the island itself, uh, the I would create there's I would make posters and I would hang them everywhere. Seen that picture on the island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. there's one and then I think I have another one here too somewhere. Well, anyway. Yeah, there's uh so I would make these signs and just post them everywhere on the island and then people would see them and react to them. Uh and then I'd uh being a seasonal worker for so long too, uh, my friends in Naples and Palm Springs and the list goes on about uh, just the connections of people. Word of mouth goes a long way. And yeah. just friends of friends of friends is just so many people that have put donations to St. Jude's for my hiking that I have no idea who they are. And God bless every single one of them because uh, they just pour out their heart and their money to people they don't know too. And I think it's so cool that just people give a shit. It's just yeah, really it's- neat. Yeah. There's something I learned in rehab that I, I thought was bullshit, but in order for me to help myself, I have to help others and in helping others, uh, you can sometimes get more out of it than you're actually putting in. And that's a lesson that I've had to learn. So it seems like that's exactly what you're going through. And hopefully yeah. through this and, you know, other areas, we can potentially get some sponsors that, you know, maybe not even just to, for you to, you know, make any money. Um, but maybe if they, for every mile, you know, 10 cents a mile or something like that and, yeah. and, uh, get some more recognition towards what you're doing, because what you're doing is amazing. That was the whole reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you, um, just to kind of get more insight and also see if there's anything that I can do to spread, you know, your story and, and help everything that you're doing out. <laughs> so I know we've, we've been on here for quite a while and, uh, start to wrap this up in a minute um past the book which you know that good luck those can yeah. take forever to write but i do know that in the in the time we have I now I'll, i think i'll blast I've out about to, six months yeah i've yeah. uh i've talked to a couple authors already and you know it doesn't seem like you really need a publishing company if you just kind of do the work yourself and you can self-fund it so i mean it's yeah. definitely mm-hmm. something that that can be done um do you have any like big plans maybe international hikes or is hiking something that you want to get away from in the future and uh... no 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 yeah yeah i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep doing the through hikes uh i'm looking at possibly um possibly the summer of 2024 um i would like to do the appalachia trail or the uh, um, continental divide um if that's not um, something that I can do in the summer of, um, because I do obviously work on Mackin Island and a lot of my, 
a lot of my finances mm-hmm. come from the summertime. Um, if that's not uh, a thing that I can do, I am, I have my eyes set on the El Camino Santiago in Spain, uh, in the shoulder season, either the spring or the fall. I know it's rainy there, especially through the Pyrenees, uh, on the, uh, east, northeast side of Spain. But, um, if that's not an option, um, wintertime hiking, I would really want to tackle Patagonia in South America. I'd go see something Ooh. crazy, like 14 national parks or something insane middle of nowhere. Nice. Yeah. So I really, really want that one before, before I leave this world too. So the idea yeah. in itself right now is 2024 to do the CDT, the continental divide from Mexico to Canada again, um, in the idea in my head, and I haven't quite put a hundred percent into it yet, but, um, I would like to do, um, north to south so i can at least come up to the island and make a few bucks uh, for the first few months and then uh possibly leave somewhere maybe like june ish early july uh and then i can at least come you know order products from the bar blah 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 establish who's going to be uh taking uh on the um the duties that i do at the bar and then i can just take off and then hike the rest of the summertime so the plan right now is the cdt 2024 summer of but um, time will tell. I'd like to write this book. I, I won't be able to get it out and published by summertime of next next year, just because mm-hmm. work is so it's it's, yeah. it's 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 taxing here. So I'm hoping to yeah. uh, by next winter to get the book out and to um, you know establish it and publish it and then get it out. Maybe do a book tour or something. But uh, time will tell with that. But um, yeah, after that's out, then I want to start doing more hikes. Uh, but until my story's out there for more people to read, I just feel like. Uh, I'm not wasting my time. I, I hate to say that, but it, when more people know, the more, the more funds and more donations will come in for St. Jude's. And I mean, that's the whole mm-hmm. point that I'm doing this for. And so if more people know, the more people can donate and the more, more, more people that we can help. And so to get my story out with that book, I think is more crucial for, for me than to start another hike and to only raise X amount when we could raise more and way more with the story out there. So sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of hikes. I just, I just need to fit them in. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It seems like you just need the time and and the money, which obviously is what everybody needs for everything. But you're going to do it. You know, the continental divide. It's, I mean, the way you talk. If you and you even said it. If you're going, if you say you're going to do it, then you do it. You know, Will Smith had this thing of he was, uh, he was saying that you may be better than me, you may be stronger than me. You know, all of these things. But if you <laughs> yeah. and I get on a treadmill, yeah, I'm, I'm dying before I get die. on. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, love that's that. what okay. I thought of. That's what uh-huh. I thought of when I heard you at the beginning. So I have nothing but complete faith that you're going to get this done. Hopefully, oh, yeah. this episode, when it airs, it can uh, bring some more attention to you. And I'll put like uh, your your uh, donation link. I'll put that in yeah. the episode as well. Um, so that cool. way, anything that we can get from this goes directly to St. Jude's. And uh, if there's anything that I can do in the future to help you out, please reach out. Um, uh, yeah. This has been uh, an honor Instagram. for me. Instagram, What's too. Walking, uh, Instagram, walking with St. Jude. Okay, yeah. I was just yeah. about to see exactly where everybody can do it. So walking with St. Jude. on Instagram. Is that your yep. Instagram? That's my Instagram. Yeah, from all my okay. hiking stuff. Yeah, then that's just okay. out of my personal life, and it's just into the hiking thing. And everyone can yeah, see yeah. pictures and videos and all the weird, crazy, cool foot problems and happiness and beards and 
varmints and all the hell <laughs> yeah, all the fun no, cool pictures of just straight hiking yeah no it's pretty dope to see you know somebody that i know doing all these crazy things there's another guy on the island that i went to college with uh rich and oh, yeah. i've heard he's doing some pretty crazy things in the off season as well mm-hmm. so i'll probably have to hit him up and see what he's up to but yeah it's been a uh an honor to, to reconnect with you to talk hear more yeah. of your story and hopefully this can play some part in helping you get your story out there. Um, when the book comes out, definitely let me know. Um, cool. I will uh, do anything that I can to help support you, include reading it and purchasing it. Thank um, you. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want to go see Bader, go up to Mackinac Island, get a Bader bomb. Are those still a thing? <laughs> they still the a Bader? thing. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is that? Again? There's like amaretto. Uh, yeah, Southern exactly Comfort. Uh, yeah. Southern Comfort, amaretto, pineapple juice, and Red Bull. Equal portions yeah. of everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's still was. pour them. I can't believe. Yeah, it came out 2000 nine i think i made that in the winter of and still still pouring them <laughs> still pouring them <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you are you're a local legend up there man i mean yeah. i i wanted to come up and see if vic is still running the house and smoking five packs of cigarettes a day with his dogs running around and yeah pretty much yeah yeah there's i don't know there's something <laughs> about that place that i miss so i'm gonna have to make it back up there so if you're listening to this and you want to get a Bader bomb? Go to Mackinac Island. Uh, place is a blast. Mm. You're definitely going to have some fun. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed my time with you, man. So thank Thanks, you bro. very, very much for doing this, for coming on, and for sharing your story. Cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And have an awesome day. Yeah, you too, bro. I always do.